everyone, and welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are in season two of Starship Podcast Warlock, otherwise known as the season where the name no longer makes sense. That's because we finished watching The Young Ones and we are on to Blackadder. Moreover, we're on to season one of Blackadder, which just makes it a lot more confusing that this is season two of the podcast and season one of Blackadder. But, After having two seasons of The Young Ones. Right. So, you know, you're completely lost. We should have called them something other than seasons. Volumes? Uh, segments? Blobs? I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, if Thank you were somehow just tuning in now, uh, the way this podcast works is that Jeff and I uh, talk about some things that are related to the episode before the episode, or maybe related to our lives, or just whatever we feel like talking about. Then we watch an episode, in this case of Blackadder, uh, and we sync up our viewings of it uh, so that you can sync up your viewing of it and listen to it as a commentary. And then after we finish commentarying on the episode, we talk about the episode and then we peace out. So that's how it works. Um, so today we are going to talk about Rowan Atkinson who is, of course, Blackadder. Um, and uh, to do this, we have engaged in an enormous amount of research um, and uh, like sifting through lots of primary sources. And I'm, I'm lying. We just have his discography open on, uh, or his filmography open on Wikipedia. Not even IMDb. You know, no. So. <laughs> we, we just couldn't be bothered. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we could be, but this is actually the most condensed and, and easy to read version of it. And it's a helpful reference as we talk through some of the things that Rowan Atkinson has done and been in that we are familiar with. Um, so, yeah, we're not going to go through like a biography of him. You can look up that sort of thing if you're interested, but we're just going to skip directly to the stuff we want to talk about, which uh, the funniest thing on this list that I see the first time here is never say never again. Which is, I, I actually did not know he was in a James Bond. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I saw it years ago. I mean, you know, it's that that was the odd one-off James Bond anyway. When uh, Connery came back to uh, um, to play Bond uh, years later, and uh, kind of it was an unauthorized version anyway. And so it's and it's kind of a remake of Thunderball anyway. It's it's a very weird. Thing. I don't think they mm -hmm. were even authorized to use the James Bond theme, if I remember correctly. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen that. Oh, that's just weird to think about. But yeah, I mean, it's like the Peter Sellers Casino Royale, which I still have not watched, but probably should someday. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that, that is a glorious, glorious mess, I have to say. Um, <laughs> you know, not to mention the fact you have you have Woody Allen as the, uh, as the villain in oh there, and, um, where he he swallows a bomb and explodes at the end of it. It's it's very bizarre. Um Oh, that is weird. It's 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 really yeah, you have no you have no idea. <laughs> it's really strange to me to think about the fact that this fame, like the spy franchise, started with a spoof of it, which seems kind of premature. Well, the the I mean, the rights to Casino Royale were being fought over for so long that I mean, you know, finally when the Daniel Craig movie came out, that they were actually able to do it. But yeah, mm -hmm. for some reason, that one got fought over so much, and that was the only way that that got in. And and you know, even that movie itself had so many different directors, and and you know, Orson Welles, and, or is it David Niven? I forget that that 
folks were feuding with themselves, uh, with each other, and the, it, it was a, it's a beautifully hot mess. Is it David Niven who plays Bond in that, or is it Peter Sellers? There are technically six James Bonds in that movie. What? Just, I, I'm just going to say watch the movie. Um, oh my God! Well, have, I'm glad have... we wandered onto this tangent from the very first credit. Um, it's obviously not his first credit, but the feature films list is first, so that's what I'm looking at first. Um, um, well, I was yeah. I was going to bring up more along the lines of one of the first things that he was. Um, again, it depends on which page that you're looking at, but um, you know, one of the things that he initially was known for was um, not the nine o'clock news, which was mm-hmm. a, a sketch show and. Um, so-called, I think, because it was opposite the 9 o'clock news, and there weren't that many stations, of course, at that time in uh, on BBC. Uh, but, you know, early, you know, it was late 80s, or sorry, late 70s, early 80s, and kind of the, the Sariant Live of its own era. And, of course, in The Young Ones, there's a reference to uh, um, Doctor Not the 9 o'clock news is here to see you, that they're they're kind of just poking fun at that, uh, at that title. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where some of the other... Um, you know, that's where Mel Smith and Griffiths Jones originally came from, and a, a couple of other folks as well. Yeah, I, I still have never seen any of that, and I, I kind of would like to dig it up and take a look. Mm. Um, and uh, I forget if you mentioned it just now, but The Secret Policeman's Ball is actually probably chronologically the earliest thing I know him from, but I don't know him from that uh, having viewed it, I think. Uh, I think it's on a Rowan Atkinson comedy record that I have. Well, I mean, it's funny. I, I know of Secret Policeman's Ball, which is, you know, I mean, um, you know, we think of comic relief and things like that in the in the U.S. or or, or different, you know, almost like a super group of um, of different uh, comedic performers. I mean, Python was on there, and the Beyond the Fringe folks, Peter Cook and, and Dudley Moore, and uh, it, it was actually followed uh, preceded a few years earlier by something called The Poke in the Eye with a Sharp Stick. It was a her Majesty's Command performance type of type of thing, and then they did some of these Secret Policeman's Ball things, which um, which yeah, I have a CD, I, th- I think, or you may have it too. That um, uh, that you know, it's just various sketches and things that are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has the Pythons on there. It has uh, the first time I ever heard French and Saunders, uh, Lenny Henry's on there. Um, again, if you're going to look at like the young ones and everybody that traipsed through every single episode of that, same thing. It was all of these these up and coming comedians of the time doing this this master sketch show. I was just saying that um, you know there's one quiz show um, skit which I love on uh, on I think it's Secret Policeman's Other Ball, which um, which has the Pythons and Rowan Atkinson. And it plays a little bit like the Bambi University Challenge thing, except it's much more in depth and, and crazy. Um, and uh, um, and Rowan Atkinson was doing one of the voices on that as well. Yeah, I'm just looking through this now to see. Um, I mean, I, I assume that's the skit where I mean, there, there's a well-known skit we were talking about at one point where um, he is uh, playing the devil and he's welcoming people into hell and lining them up by what got them there in the first place. So you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, and. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do some of the jokes right now. I'm not <laughs> sure. So, some of them are not so friendly, friendly, at least the one that popped in my head immediately, um, uh, dealing with various forms of fornication. But I mean, uh, yeah. Anyway, anyone who's seen Monty Python's Life of Brian, line up over there. Yes, it turns out he <laughs> can't take a joke after all. Um, <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that part. Yep. Um, um, uh, my favorite part is that when he's uh, uh, like, talking about all the different people from different religions who were there and he 
he sounds like he's going to be very uh, egalitarian about it all, but then he goes, I'm sorry, I'm afraid the Jews were right. Right, yes. <laughs> um, yes, he, uh, Christians, yes, I'm, I'm afraid, uh, uh, or at one point he says, um, uh, or, or talking about some of the religions, I would like to apologize particularly to the Mormons, who he realizes put in a lot of effort, tried really hard. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So yeah, apart from those sketches, um, the thing that I always think of first when I think of the Secret Policeman's Ball, which is apparently, I'm looking now, is in the Secret Policeman's third ball in 1987, it looks like, mm-hmm. um, where I think this is where he did it. He did a song with uh, Kate Bush, one of my probably two oh, favorite musicians of all time. Um, and it's it's this song called Do Bears, and it's one of these it's one of these songs where each line sounds like it's going to end in an obscenity, but it, it, it doesn't. It sounds like the beginning of one, and then it turns out to be another word. So it's cute. I mean, so, of course, it, it's tough not to mention um, Rowan Atkinson without mentioning Mr. Bean, um, although yes. I was never a big fan of Mr. Bean, oddly enough. I Rather, I appreciate the idea of, of him. It's it's funny. When you get into Blackadder, uh, the later seasons, with him being the, the sarcastic... Uh, um, you know, wise guy who kind of is the smartest person in the room, and then you have Mr. Bean who says absolutely nothing and is basically in the, you know, Harold Lloyd, Buster Keaton uh, <laughs> range of, of just expressive face and uh, and crazy body language. Like, that, that's the, you have to have so much range in comedy to picture that you go from somebody who's a, that physical an actor to somebody that's, that's very... Um, very adroit with the wit and verbiage mm-hmm. um, is always been very impressive to me. So even though I don't particularly care for Mr. Bean, I appreciate what he brings to that role. I, I feel the same way. Uh, I don't think I've ever really sat down to watch Mr. Bean uh, deliberately. Um, just touching on a few of the other credits here, uh, The Witches from 1990, Hot Shots Part Dieu, as they usually said it when they introduced it on TV, which I always found hilarious as a big old French nerd. Uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, uh, and The Lion King as Zazu. Yes, as the toucan. Yes. Uh, apparently he uh, was in Scooby-Doo, the movie. Uh, Johnny uh, English, which I never watched any of those. The, it, well, God, again, there's we, three of them. Holy crap. We're back to we're back to James Bond. That, that was right. his Bond parody, which actually I think started as a, as like a beer commercial or something, I think. That oh, got, dear God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting. I, I don't remember which brand, but I think that's how it actually got started. Um, and he's in and he love, was in actually. Lo- yep, he yeah. was. Uh, um, uh, of course, uh, actually, one of our other favorite skits that uh, we wanted to make sure to mention on this one was, of course, he played the, um, I guess, technically the ninth doctor in an alternate uh, uh. world in uh, <laughs> in uh, The Curse of Fatal Death, which was a brilliant, brilliant parody by future Doctor Who showrunner Stephen Moffat. Um and, uh, I mean, that was a brilliant, brilliant bit, not just because of him, because it went through, you know, um, spoiler, I mean, him and, uh, and, and Hugh Grant as the doctor and Jim Broadbent as the doctor and um, uh, Richard E. Grant. And then finally, mm-hmm. uh, finally, uh, Joanna Lumley, <laughs> uh, uh, once again, pairing up with Julia Swalla, um, a Minneapolis Fab reunion as uh as the companion and the two, go, two of them going off and having the great Jonathan Price doing his, um, uh, I think, out-alieniing um, 
Anthony Ainley um, in terms of scenery chewing. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, uh, uh, and, and, and technically the first uh, male to female regeneration of the Doctor. This is true. This is absolutely true. Uh, it is. I forget if that's on DVD. I, I think it probably is not, or at least I don't have it, but it really ought to be because it's very funny. And it, the more Moffat, of course, did Doctor Who, the more it's, uh, it's fun to refer to. Uh, but he he made a pretty decent doctor. Uh, oh yeah, uh, he fit the you know? he fit the role very very well. Uh, he's a British actor, so of course he played mm-hmm. the doctor well. <laughs> I, all I can think of is um, is uh, Malcolm McDowell was reading. Um, there was an episode of South Park with um, Butters. It was supposed to be his own episode or whatever, and it's narrated by. Um, or that was Pip. I, th- I think it was. It, it was narrated by Malcolm McDowell. And he starts off, you know, just sitting there looking all Alistair Cook with the fire blowing, uh, and um, and you know, in the smoking jacket and whatever. He's like, "Hello, I'm a British person." <laughs> yes. Uh, mm-hmm. It says here was he was a guest on a bit of Fry and Laurie, which is a surprise to me because I I watched all of that recently and I don't remember seeing him. Mm-hmm. I'm no, to go back I don't and find recall that, that either. Um. In 1992, yeah. uh, apparently. Hmm. Um, we talked at one part. There was a TV series, The Thin Blue Line, that he was in, which mm-hmm. uh, saw a couple episodes with. It was it was minorly amusing. Um, it's a nice little bit of diversion, but uh, yeah, um, pleasant show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have we not mentioned? There was a Mr. Bean animated series. Oh dear. Oh God. Horrible Histories, where he played Henry VIII. Okay, that sounds amusing. Uh, he played May Gray for four episodes, apparently. Oh, and I heard about this. There was a television short called Spider Plant Man. God. Well, he's gotten a lot of work, Rowan Atkinson. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yep. Oh, uh, and uh, and one thing to mention that I, I've seen clips, you can find it on YouTube, of him doing online. Uh, in 2009, uh, he played Fagin in a... Um, revival of Oliver which um, seems like is a good fit for him and I thought he did a pretty good job from the clips that I saw yeah I I don't really know if he's uh, if he's been on stage quite a lot but surely he must have um, I'm not gonna sit here and skim Wikipedia for it but uh, yeah but no I, 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 I don't think yeah, I don't think he has a ton of, of that type of theater experience but you know like like Rick Mayall doing uh, doing Herod I, I'm all for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Although, actually, Nigel Planer is the one who's been doing the serious, um, serious theater career because he played the the wizard in the West End version of uh, Wicked. For some value of serious, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Professional, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, uh, anything else we want to say about Rowan Atkinson? I mean, I feel like I've enjoyed him in everything that I've wanted to watch of his, and I have. Uh, avoided the things that really don't seem appealing to me. So I don't have any situations really where I'm like, uh, I didn't enjoy that performance of his. No, I usually enjoy everything that he's in, whether or not the shows that he's in are enjoyable or not. And, um, yeah. Uh, well, and uh, he was, uh, one other thing to note is that, um, he was actually an electrical engineer by trade. Oh, so like I, I feel like I feel like as a you know computer science person myself, I feel like that that gives me great hope for the future. Even though I think <laughs> he he kind of gave that up way before this point in in my life. So uh, 
Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can sort of see it in a way, actually. So, um, let's move on from that and actually watch the episode. Uh, so we're on episode two, of course, of season one of Blackadder. Uh, we are still in this sort of alternate history situation where uh, Blackadder has accidentally murdered the previous king uh, and uh, let his enemy, Henry Tudor, escape. Uh, so Richard III, I guess, is who he murdered, right? Correct. And then uh, and let Henry Tudor escape um, and uh, has apparently gotten away with it. I forget how linear these are. I guess we'll find out. But that's what's they're, just happened. They're fairly linear from what I remember, but I guess we'll see. And he's decided to take up the mantle of the Black Adder to be, I guess, some sort of sinister villain type guy. Um, his dad, Brian Blessed, is Henry the Sixth. No, he's he is he's the fictitious Richard the Fourth. Oh, Richard the Fourth. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a good thing you're here. I have no idea what's going on in the show. Um, <laughs> so just, just laugh. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we'll skip the introduction and just get into it. Uh, if you, uh, recall what we, what we're going to do is three, two, one play. So we recommend you start your video, uh, run it back to zero, 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 and then be ready to hit play when we do. Jeff, are you ready? I'll be ready in just a moment as I forgot to rewind. All right. There we go. I am ready. Okay, good. Everyone. Three, two, one, play. Did they run out of worms or did the eggs just not turn out well? <laughs> I like that antlered helm. Man, the Winterfell set looks a little shoddy. <laughs> Worst Palpatine version ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like he's going for that voice. Real power. A little bit. Uh, Revenge of the Sith was on TV today, and I just happened to see the duel between him and Mace Windu, and it just the voice. Yeah. Master Jedi. Wait a minute. Are you seeing sheep on your screen right now? Yes. Okay. 
I thought it says something like episode four, and then I got confused. I mean, maybe episode four also has sheep. Hmm. Okay. I repeat, Winterfell looks shoddy. <laughs> I hear a motorcycle outside. Apologies, everyone. Oh, no, that's that's actually on the set. Oh. Best backing ever. <laughs> Man, Charlie's Angels got really weird looking. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know why he has to pretend he wasn't hitting Percy. I mean, they did have sheep outside, I'm just saying. <laughs> I love that he's so excited. And he 
carries through with it in the second season. I love how good-natured Harry is. It is true. Even when he's scolding Blackadder, he's not really threatening him. Yeah. This is very Game of Thronesy. <laughs> Baldrick. I think he pulls that off better than the wedding dress. Yeah. The bridesmaid dress later on.
It's interesting how personal the stakes are for him in this first season. That's true. And I feel like they don't ever get that way again until four. Well, although think of like um, the Bath and Wells episode, the second season where like, I mean, literally everything he owns keeps getting stripped from him bit by bit in that episode. They're pretty nasty to him in that one. But I mean, that's the only thing I can think of that comes close. Mm, I'll have to wait until we see that again. So much location filming. Oh, yeah. Like I said, they tried to shoot this like a period epic, I mean, right down to the narration and all that. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what they're aping. And I suspect in later seasons they decided to keep the cost down a little bit, too, on top mm -hmm. of all that. So, And they were just different modes of drama, yeah. comedy. <laughs> that whole hanging upside down scene was uh, probably more trouble than it looked like
They're bouncing up and down to Jews harps. <laughs> Was he really going to stab Percy? <laughs> uh, dinner theater has always been terrible.
<laughs> Percy's read them a lot. Such a dope. <laughs> now that's entertainment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Glad I'm not eating at that table. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
The gloves on his armor. I know. Whoa. Oh, my. Come on, Edmund, stick him with the pointy end. Also gone all out on the music for this. Yeah. Kangas is definitely less of a comedy guest than like the Rick Mayall ones we'll see later. Or even ones later this season. Mm. Waiting for Miriam Margulies to show up. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> well, that was fun. As usual, it's interesting on this one to see the fact that um, uh, to see the fact that um, Baldrick is much more cunning than he is in later seasons. And in fact, this mm -hmm. is our first real reference to cunning plan with quite a few cunnings. Yes, well, um, I mean, they say cunning a lot. They do in this episode, yes. Um, they had it cunning. I can't believe you said that. I can. Come on. You've known me long enough. I can't believe you can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> so I've mentioned before that subtitles are really changing things for me now and I never really knew that the lyrics to this were his horse is blacker than a hole. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure what I thought it said, but I didn't think it was that. Well, at least this gets repeated in every single episode as opposed to the second season where, I mean, you know, they vary the, um, they vary the lyrics according to that particular episode. Mm -hmm. I mean, I enjoy that, but, it, but you know, it's... Uh, you know, at least this ch this one, you get six chances to actually hear the words. That's true. Or I could just put on subtitles like you did. That would have made much more <laughs> sense. Uh, so what do we think of uh, of this episode? Um, you know, again, it's a first season episode. Um, as you pointed out, it's, um, I mean, it has a very different feel than, than the rest of the seasons. Um, it's interesting how he's like, <laughs> he wants to be, Emperor Palpatine so badly. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> right down to where he drops his voice down. Um, uh, and I don't know, maybe that's not fair in terms of me staring at this and thinking, at knowing what is to come. Um, you know, the, the, as, a, as the twists that happen in the episode, they seem fairly earned for the most part. Um, and... It is interesting, as you pointed out, for Henry that um, that he's never mean to Edmund. Even even after his uh, supposed lineage gets revealed, he basically does the "Oh well, I'll go off and become a monk." He's he, he's uh, a generally nice person, no matter what ever happens. As opposed mm -hmm. to oddly enough, uh, you know, I guess all the abuse that he gets at the hand of uh, of Brian Blessed, on the other hand. Um, so that's an interesting contrast between the two. Um, as an episode overall, yeah, I guess, yeah, how would I rate this compared to the first one? I mean, I guess we could wait until the end of the season ratings. Um, for me, this is, at, this is as much anything else, more of an interest in terms of moving the character forward and, and moving the overall story forward as opposed to, um, uh, as opposed to, you know, laughing my butt off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is kind of more narrative- I think than anything else, but there's still quite a lot of jokes in it. Um, many of them at, at the expense of Scotland, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I've seen this enough to know kind of what happens in the episode. So kind of watching it play out is a little bit tedious at this point, but mm. I am also catching a bunch of jokes that I missed the first time around, probably due to sound issues. Uh, and stuff like that, and and I find that these days I'm less interested in plot and more interested in jokes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like all the fun moments and things like that. Uh, 
Speaking of the Emperor, by the way, I just checked, and um, I, I'm pretty sure that this and Jedi were being made at, at around the same time. Yeah, uh, 83, that seems about yeah, right. Jedi aired like a month before the first episode of this, by which mm. time they would presumably have already done it. Um, right. But of course, that that whole villainous laugh thing, I mean, he's parodying a lot of uh, previous villains, and you know there have been a lot of th- that have kind of like followed that same sort of pattern i think the persona i think is not unique uh yeah although although the the amount that he's snivelly and and uh and high-pitched seems somewhat um somewhat in relief compared to who you would normally put in that sort of role i suppose that's true although i mean i think he is also supposed to be isn't there historical analog uh like the character in lear or Shakespearean analog, anyway. Well, I mean, that's clearly what sort of thing they're going for, absolutely. Um, and sadly, I don't remember Lear that well, but I mean, I mean, you know, Edmund, well, Edgar, that's a different character. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but um, uh, I mean, it's it's funny, you know, I mean, in terms of him being the, you know, on one hand, you could have played him as more of a worm tongue type character who is kind of snivelly and whispering mm, poison mm-hmm. stuff into people's ears and and playing them off against each other. But I mean, again, he's just too weak a character and and person for that and hapless for that sort of thing. Um, you know, he's he's not made to be very cunning in this one as as well. Um, so it's 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 a unique attempt, I think. I, to me, it seems very different than what you would normally put in this uh in this place for a character for a protagonist like i I think it's it's a protagonist that it's hard to feel i mean that the most that you can feel for him is the fact that he is completely disregarded by uh by everybody else in power i suppose but then kind of the way that he behaves and acts makes you not really interested in him either as much as well to be honest so it's almost like you're okay with getting his, his comeuppance to some extent. It's, <laughs> it's very it's very odd in that way. It, it's very unsympathetic character. I think is the problem. Mm, that's true. I mean, I think that um, he's a little anti-heroish until you get to Blackadder Four uh, or Blackadder Goes Forth, I guess as it's technically known, um, and it's sort of successfully less kind of villainous as as the series continues. Well, although I can root for, I can root for a Blackadder two or three, whereas I can't necessarily for one so much. Yeah. Um, He's, he's, his persona is so creepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the sad thing. The fact is, like I said, that he is put upon, I think in some ways more, he's in a worse position than, uh, than either the Elizabethan or, or um, Georgian Blackadder is, but because of, his overall disposition, he's harder to, to root for. Yeah. Well, um, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Because I remember what happens at the end of the sixth episode. So. Well, yes. Yeah. And, and I, I do, you know, even though the first is less than, than the others, I still enjoy the series and there are other good episodes to come. I think I mentioned Mir- the Miriam Margulies one, which I happen to like. Uh, and I do like the last episode in this one as, as well. Um, so there, there are things here. This is, this to me still fits under scene setting for the most part. Um, we're still getting to know the characters at that point and still yeah. figuring out where they are. So, um. one of the things I really do like in this one is, uh, and I think it persists, but uh, uh, 
kind of like all the uh, the views on medieval entertainment, <laughs> the bear yeah. bear baiters and the Morris dancers and everything else. I love I love all that you know commentary. Well, you you know it's funny you get bits like that through all the seasons in terms mm-hmm. of uh, in terms of them figuring out different forms of entertainment. You know, I mean, Lord knows uh, goes forth has the extended bit with um, <laughs> Baldrick's really bad Charlie Chaplin impersonation. Oh, God. I mean, uh, you know, so I, I feel like there's usually some reference to entertainment. I mean, the third series, uh, God, the the skewer actors um, uh, in one particular episode. Um, where Edmund just has it in for the uh, for the thespians, mm-hmm. um, you know. I I, I think uh, I, that that feels like a, a good through line throughout the different seasons. To be honest, um, yeah, it's something I really appreciate about this kind of historical comedy. I'm trying to think how many other shows like this there have ever been. I'm sure there must have been more, right? Um, well, I, I don't know too much about like you know the the Carry On series and um, oh yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like they're ones like I think that they did a Carry On series that was set in Roman times. I think, um, uh, and then I guess Mel Brooks. You're thinking History of the World, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go, all in one movie, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it's interesting in this case that it's supposed to be the lineage of the same character. I think that's fairly unique in that regard, and and it's interesting that you know. Um, even though we say, well, the first season was, you know, his character is very snivelly as opposed to the rest of the series, um, you know, still the the aggression of the second character uh, of the second um, uh, the second Blackadder where he's, he's in some ways much nastier. Um, in the third season, you know, he's he's much more refined. He does not he he's clearly being deferential to uh, to George in front of him and only behind him. It's it's you can tell he's playing the character differently and then the fourth Mm -hmm. uh, goes fourth is in some ways a little more reversion to the second series where you just see his utter frustration and and exasperation because he's in the middle of a very stupid war that he's going to get uh you know he's in danger of getting killed all the time right um and and then and then of course there's a christmas carol which actually feels like it harkens back to in personality to the first series at least right off the bat So that was the second episode of Blackadder Season 1. And next time around, I think uh, I think we're still we're still like at least one episode away from the ones I remember the best from this season, one of which mm-hmm. you already mentioned, the Miriam Margolis yep. episode and then the one after that which is the Witch Smeller Persuivant. Yes, that's right. Uh, I remember yes. that quite well. But uh, next time around is the Archbishop, whatever it was, and we'll be doing that in the next episode. If you are uh, on Twitter, you can find us at Starship Warlock. No podcast in the middle on Twitter. Um, and uh, it'd be great to hear from you, not just because, you know, we, we want to hear how amazing this podcast is. Uh, you can say it was terrible. We just want to hear from you and know that you're listening and that you have some opinion on what we're doing. Um, you can also email us if that is your jam at inbox at starshippodcastwarlock.com. Although why you would use email in this day and age, I have no idea. So we are going to sign off and we'll talk to you next time. Uh, until then, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. 
And this has been Starship Podcast Podcast Warlock. Warlock.